1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another rollicking edition of the A Few Good Men of the Big Ten podcast. I am Bruce Hooley, Andy Anders alongside. Andy, uh, still in quarantine, but uh, only because uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to give uh, my people, my people, one uh, additional day of of separation from young Mr. Anders, uh, who was uh, quarantined because of his roommates, not because he was sick. Andy, how are you feeling these
2: days? Got it or not? But uh, either way, my quarantine will be over shortly, and then I can be back out into the world buying groceries again—all of that goodness.
1: You don't need a care package dropped off to you, do you? No, I'm. Uh, I'll be. I'll be ready. Although it's always welcomed. I don't know anyone who's just out of college who wouldn't want a care package. Hey, you know, maybe now's a good time for you to try that new Justin Fields
2: diet. What do you think of uh, Justin Fields' new diet? vegan um i, I uh, veganism is not for me i love meat um i'm a, i'm a fan of the uh of of bacon and of cheeseburgers and of pizza you know
1: none, none of which are approved by the ohio state uh, heisman trophy candidate quarterback he's got no. no what is it no meat no dairy no flour no gluten uh what do, no, what do I, you think dust uh, justin's eating these days andy
2: well so probably uh, just plant based stuff, you know. Call you have some cauliflower crust, do you have some uh what well, I don't I don't know. I, I've never tried a vegan diet. I'd have to ask I'd have to ask some of my vegan friends what what, what do vegans eat, you know? Uh, yeah. it doesn't and sound like free. anything
1: thing that uh I would be interested in uh in doing uh, on a long term basis. I'd be willing to give it a try on a short term basis, but uh you know, I don't know. Justin uh He's got great results with it, they say, so uh, yeah. we'll just have to see.
2: If it works, it works, and uh, more power to him if he can do it. I I couldn't do it. I don't think I could for well, any extended period of time.
1: A, a faster, healthier Justin Fields uh, certainly looks like a good thing from the Ohio State perspective. I'm not sure the rest Absolutely. of the Big Ten is going to be too excited about uh, Justin Fields being faster, healthier, uh You know, last year, I I don't think him eating meat had anything to do with that hyper extended knee that he suffered against Penn State.
2: No. um, I I feel like that was probably something that happens regardless of diet. But, you know, maybe if he's a half a step quicker, he just doesn't get tackled. I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, if he'd have been a half a step quicker late there against Penn State, maybe he wouldn't have uh, gotten hurt. But, again, it didn't look like it limited him, certainly not against Michigan, uh, maybe for a half in the Big Ten title game then against Clemson, uh, I don't know. I mean, he'd be a scary guy if you, we saw in that game, Andy, the benefits of a healthy quarterback who can run. Trevor Lawrence certainly, uh, impacted that game with his feet. And, if yes. Ohio State sure. gets back to Clemson this year. They'd certainly like to have a healthy Justin Fields for that one.
2: Uh, I absolutely need all hands on deck for that one. I mean, Clemson's looked pretty phenomenal the, the first couple games they've played, although one of them was against the Citadel. Um, you know, the, uh, The old classic, you know, ACC non-conference game against an FCS opponent. Yeah. You know. Uh,
1: Well, you know, it's hard for me to believe we're still a month away from Big Ten football, Andy. I mean, we're not quite a month away, but Saturday we're still a month away, you know, this past Saturday. Um, We heard a lot about the coaches saying, hey, we need time to get ready. We need time to get ready. We need time to get ready. And we thought... October the 10th, we understood that. Then when they talked about October the 17th, I thought, okay, October the 17th, you got plenty of time to get ready. Now pushing the start of the Big Ten season back all the way to October the 24th, it's kind of weird. Like I see other teams playing college football, but I don't see Ohio State playing college football. I don't see Penn State, Michigan, the rest of the Big Ten playing. It kind of feels like a party started and, uh, and I'm not invited as a big 10 football fan at this point. Do you, you think, uh, I mean, this is, this seems like an interminable wait to me to get to the college football opener for big 10 teams.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's really, it feels like you're just sitting on your hands kind of waiting for big 10 to enter the fray when everyone else is going to have already played five, six games. Um, what I will say is that it's good at least that they're getting time to prepare um, because you need, I don't know how much everyone in the big sim was practicing. We know Ohio state was going through practices during what, all the confusion was going on, but it wasn't like contact drills. They weren't in their full, mm-hmm. you know, game preparation mode. Um, but you see how um, to give an example, Navy in its first week, Play uh, got absolutely dismantled by BYU because they hadn't practiced tackling, and they had a lot of issues defensively because they kind of rushed into the season after it was if, after it was clear it was going to be go to play, um, and didn't get that time to prepare. So the time to prepare is really key, um, but it is incredibly odd, I'll say, to watch college football for a whole other month and not, you know, not see a big 10 game when other teams are playing week in and week out.
1: Uh, We are uh, appreciative that you're watching us on the Chris Landry Twitch channel at twitch.tv backslash ChrisLandryFootball. You can listen to this podcast on your mobile device by signing up for Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcast. The Landry Football channel on to watch us, but you can find all the podcasts for all the conferences and all the different genres of football, whether it's NFL Draft, free agency, high school football, recruiting, college, high school, NFL, scout breakdown, you name it, we've got it for you at LandryFootball.com. LandryFootball.com, your home for all the inside analysis on all the teams, coaches, players, and schemes, LandryFootball.com. All right, we can't have upsets in the Big Ten, Andy, until we have Big Ten football, but we only needed about two weeks of college football for some really strange results on Saturday. We don't know how the college football playoff committee is going to do its business this year, but it's already going to be complex enough with some teams playing, you know, hopefully eight games. But if we get any cancellations in the big 10, maybe you'll play six, maybe you'll play seven. Uh, while well, other 12. conferences yeah. playing 10 and then, and then we've got, now we've got teams that we thought were going to be certain, you know, playoff contenders, losing early, like Oklahoma blowing a big lead on Saturday against Kansas State and LSU. And this one was not a surprise to me because of the Mike Leach factor, but LSU losing its opener at home to Mississippi State.
2: Oh yeah. I, the college football world was shaken up and I, I remember sitting at home, turning off the Kansas State game, just sort of changing the channel away from it. the Kansas State, Oklahoma game, when Oklahoma took its, started to take that lead. And I was like, oh, okay, this is This is going that way. And then just fell apart. I think what's interesting is that after all these seasons, Oklahoma's defense, and we're kind of getting sidetracked from a Big Mm -hmm. Ten, but Oklahoma's defense, still after all these seasons, that's been the thing for them is that they just can't have a championship defense. They always have the offense, but they can't have a championship defense. Assembled together, at least one that's, you know, not only the best defense in the country, but at least like a top 25 defense. They can't um, have that together. They have a former Ohio State coach as their D coordinator. Um, But how to segue this into the Big Ten, there are, you know, this is a year where we might see more upsets than normal because of the hectic. What, what transpired with COVID-19, mm-hmm. how it affected team chemistry, how it affected practice time. Teams might not come out as sharp. Um, looking down the Big Ten schedule, there are definitely potential upsets. I mean, there are with any conference. Um, first thing I would point to, I think in week one, Purdue can be tough to play on the road at times. Ohio State knows that. Yeah. And we've done, Purdue gets Iowa at home. And if Rondale Moore decides to opt back in especially, I think that could be one to watch for.
1: Well, he's uh, he says he's in. You know, We don't know still. Do we think Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis are both okay with Ohio State? That question's kind of gone away. Rashad Bateman with Minnesota. P.J. Flex said last week there's some hurdles that he has to overcome on Getting his eligibility reinstated because all these guys, once they opted out, you know, they were contacted by agents, and the NCAA is going to have some interest in how detailed those communications with agents were. But I would hope they'd smile on, um, you know, issues that maybe in the past they would not have okayed. I would think this year, with the unique circumstances of COVID 19 and the dithering and wasting time by the Big Ten, I would think they'd look at. Big 10 players with a little bit more of a friendly tone on those opt-outs and then those opt-back-ins.
2: Right. Um we know for a fact Wyatt Davis is practicing with the team again, so I assume that means he's cleared. Um Sean Wade, not a hun- I'm I'm pretty confident that he'll be he'll be good to go because the the thing about those guys is neither of them actually signed with an agent. They were in talks. Right. Um, Sean Wade had like I don't know. He, he wasn't like, he hadn't signed with an agent. He said he had picked one, but he hadn't signed it yet. Ryan um, Davis hadn't really done anything. Whereas, you know, that's the hurdle that Rondale Moore Rashad Bateman would have to clear is that they actually did sign with an agent from my understanding. Uh, but if, if there's any year to make an exemption to that rule, it is this one, as we talked about last week. Um, it just doesn't seem fair when you kept guys in the dark for so long. They've got to secure futures for their families when you're, Dragging your feet, making a decision, um, not being clear about whether the season's going to get played. Now circumstances have changed. So, really, you feel like this year should be exempt. Uh, We'll see if those players are back and able to play. And I hope they are. I love, you know, great Big Ten football. Like, I welcome, I would want to see, as a fan of Big Ten football, as a a spectator, someone who covers Big Ten football, um, I would love to see those players back in the fold because it just makes the conference more exciting. Um, yeah. That's where I stand on that. I, Bruce, I would love to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, there. I
1: think so too. I mean, these kids, first of all, I mean, they always say, and they don't always do, but they always say it's about the kids, right? How many times we hear it's about the kids, about the players. And do the right thing by the players. Well, if you want to do the right thing by the players, uh, you let them back in unless they've taken a, you know, ridiculous amount of money from an agent. And even in that situation, Andy, I'd allow him to repay the money and come back and play because these guys opted out because they're concerned about their future. They want to get ready for the NFL draft. They did not think they were going to have football. And why did they not think they were going to have football? Because Kevin Warren said, we're going to postpone and we're not going to revisit the decision. So they're taking the commissioner at his word. So they make their decision based upon the information they have at the time. Now the information changes. They make a different decision and they want to come back. They want to enjoy the college experience. They want to join their teammates. I absolutely think the Big Ten should smile on that and restate it. Is Big Ten football better with Micah Parsons, Rashad Bateman, Rondale Moore, Sean Wade, Wyatt Davis in it? I mean, unquestionably it is. Uh, you know, it's good for. It's not just good for the product this year; it's good for the product down the road. Because yes, doesn't don't all coaches in the league, when they go to recruit players, sell the fact, hey, we can develop you and get you ready for the NFL. So if you're Purdue, you think Jeff Brom doesn't want to use Rondale Moore? as uh, you know, being a high draft pick in the National Football League? Will Rondale Moore be drafted higher because he plays Big Ten football as opposed to not playing? Kevin Colbert, the Pittsburgh Steelers GM, said they'll look at players who don't play differently than they do those who play. So I think it's good for the Big Ten now. It's good for the Big Ten in the future. And more importantly, it's just the right thing for these players to do. So you talked about your upset or one of your upset picks being you're putting Iowa – on upset alert for that season opener against the Boilermakers in West Lafayette. Uh, This is not a season opener, but I'm going to say Penn State at Michigan. Now, you know, in a a typical era, you wouldn't think anybody losing at Michigan would be an upset, but Penn State has certainly supplanted Michigan as the second-best team in the Big Ten East. Everybody's pointing to that Week 2 game, Ohio State at Penn State. Uh, But Penn State has not won in Ann Arbor, Andy, since 2009, 2009, and they've lost up there by 30-plus the last two times they played up there. Now, it won't be a typical big house crowd, of course, because we're not going to have any Big Ten fans, but there must be something about that building that gives Penn State problems. So I don't think Penn State at Michigan is an automatic W for Penn State, particularly because Penn State, uh, they got a new offensive coordinator this year, and they didn't have spring practice. They didn't have spring practice. So right. I think that might show up at some point uh, in Penn State season. You'd think it would show up early, and if so, that's going to be a problem against Ohio State in week two. But I'm going to say if I have to pick an upset right now, and it's not it's not nearly as big an upset as you you're picking Purdue or maybe putting Iowa on upset alert. But I think you know uh, Penn State at Michigan is not a sure thing for Penn State.
2: Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, you know, especially in the big house, obviously won't be a capacity crowd like usual. But things can go awry in that stadium for anyone. And obviously they have for Penn State in the past. Um, it'll definitely be one to watch. I think that'll be a good game regardless of who wins it. That, that'll be like one of the games of the year in the Big Ten, so to speak. Another team I'd watch for just in general, I think Indiana could surprise some people this year. Uh, they've been on the rise as a program the past few years. Uh, their coach, Tom Allen, has done a great job sort of developing them especially on the offensive end Mm -hmm. they have an explosive attack they're returning a quarterback they have they have guys they have players now that could potentially put up some points on the offensive side of the ball and i think they obviously they have the full east slate um being in the east against ohio state michigan penn state they get michigan and penn state at home uh not that indiana's crowds their stadium is typically known for you know its loudness like the horseshoe or the big house or um beaver or memorial stadium but you know it there's always a home field advantage so um not necessarily that i'd put michigan and penn state on upset i put michigan on pin on more of an upset alert than i would penn state going on the road to indiana um and they've struggled there yeah. in the past. There's been some close games in the recent past between Michigan and Indiana. And this might be the year they actually pull it off. It's just like always been just a hair short for Indiana in the recent past, it seems. So um, um, I to think remind, that's to watch.
1: Right. We want to remind you that the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast uh, officially runs on Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee. It's delicious coffee, it's sourced from around the world. Coffee from Ethiopia, from Indonesia, from other foreign countries, bought direct from growers. The growers benefit because they don't have to share in the price with the government regulators. They can do great things in their local communities, and you get the best coffee, and you get a better deal by being a watcher and listener of the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast Go to hemisphere coffee hemisphere coffee and use the promo code Big Ten in all caps to get 15% off. Light, medium, dark roast, whole bean roast, or K cups. They've got it all. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee is delicious. Hemisphere coffee roasters.com. Get that 15% off with the promo code Big Ten in all caps. All right. Any other upsets that you look at that uh third version of the Big Ten schedule, Andy, and think, hey. This one might be a little bit more ticklish, maybe uh, on par with some of those games we saw over the weekend that we talked about. LSU losing at home to Mississippi State or, um, you know, the other one that we uh, chatted about was Oklahoma losing at home to Kansas State. Hey, we didn't get to Texas and uh, Texas Tech. uh, Not a good week for former Ohio State defensive coordinators, Andy. Uh, no. Alex Grinch at Oklahoma and Chris Ash at Texas. Although Ash got the win, but he gave up fifty six points
2: to the Red Raiders. It was a game that really Texas Tech blew it at the. I mean, you had a fifteen point lead with three and a half minutes to play. Yep. Um, blew it at the end. I I thought you know Texas was gonna. It was. It felt like the Big Twelve was gonna be out of the playoff chase in their first week of act in their not their first week of action, their second week of action. And they both Oklahoma and Texas were going to go down to big upsets. And it's not like, who else is going to sneak into the playoff from that conference? Oh, Iowa State already lost, too. They yeah. lost to the U.I. Lafayette. So uh, Big 12 hasn't been looking that great thus far. Um, but, yeah, and Tom Herman, former Ohio State offensive coordinator, is Texas's head coach. So former Ohio State assistants having some issues this weekend.
1: You know, as, I can't far- figure out. What are our guys who follow us at eleven o'clock in defense of the Big Twelve, which is a you know a title where they're pretty much admitting that you know, defense is optional in the Big Twelve. But what is it with that conference, man? I mean, we know they have good players at Texas. We know they have good players at Oklahoma. But uh, wow, that virus that that no defense virus has been in the Big Twelve for years. And it doesn't look like there's any vaccine for it because, man, oh, man, they can't stop anybody out there.
2: Yeah, and Alex, the thing about Alex Grinch, too, is he was really seen as a hot defensive coordinating, like, coaching prospect. He was at uh, Washington State, I believe, with Mike mm-hmm. Leach before he came to Ohio State. And, he, I mean, Mike Leach always has great defenses, and we saw it this weekend at Missis, with Mississippi State and LSU. So he comes to Ohio State. He tries to implement this quarters defense that he's kind of known for, Um, and then there was like a sort of rift. I don't like he his guy there, Jeff Halfley. The coaching turnover happened. Chris Ash kind of um, went out, went out the door, um, and with the future of the program, and he wanted to be the guy to rescue because he's Than a co DC. But, uh, you know, after that, he was going to be the solution for Oklahoma because they were starting to recruit some defensive talent. They had some four and five star guys on that defense. And it just hasn't really been the case thus far um, for him down there. And I don't know what it is with the former Ohio State defensive assistants not doing as well defensively at other places as Ohio State. Because uh, Chris Ash when he was here, seemed to do a pretty good job with Ohio State secondary. So well, he, I, was, I,
1: he was part of that 2014 National Championship uh, staff, right? Yeah, as was Tom Herman. But their magic down there in Austin, um, they're getting paid uh, for the magic, but they're not delivering the magic as of this <laughs> point in time. Uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit of alumni news. Ohio State uh, fans had their eyes on that Washington football team. I almost said the R word, but I stopped. Washington football team against the Cleveland Browns yesterday. Uh, Chase Young, we didn't get to really see much of Chase Young. Groin injury goes out, and then Dwayne Haskins. Now, Dwayne Haskins started one year at Ohio State, and uh, 50 touchdowns, phenomenal year, passing numbers off the chart, 15th overall pick by the Washington football team, and they have anointed him their starter. So he's... uh, He's the guy, Ron Rivera said, doesn't have to look over his shoulder. Uh, he had not thrown an interception in their first two games. They were 1-1. One one. They go to Cleveland. He throws three picks, and he also fumbled on a strip sack by Miles Garrett. Watching Dwayne Haskins yesterday, what did you think about him, Andy? Is he just a normal second-year guy making the mistakes of a second-year guy, or do you wonder about his viability as a long-term answer quarterback for the – Washington, almost said it again, football team.
2: When I watched him in college and when I interviewed him, because, you know, obviously I spent, I covered his career at Ohio State. That was my uh, first year on the beat covering Ohio State football. Um, I I always thought he was a lock as like a future franchise quarterback, Um, had the arm talent for sure. He could zip it no matter where it was on the field. He had just a cannon, always had just a cannon of an arm. Mm Um, and was a really smart cerebral guy too knew, understood the position really, which is what you need at the NFL level because it's just so much more than talent at the NFL level. But for whatever reason, it's taken time for him to start to learn the NFL reads, you know, learning that NFL defensive backs are different than college defensive backs and that they can close those windows so quickly mm-hmm. and you've got just it's that extra, that little bit, that less time you have, you got to be more decisive. Um, I think, I think there's definitely it's definitely not time to give up hope on him at all. Um, this was always a thing that was going to take time for see to, for him to season. He only had one year really at Ohio State of actual experience, and NFL draft scout said coming out he's he's a prospect that's going to need time to season, but he has all the tools. Um, that being said. I've thought by year two, he'd be a little bit, he'd look a little bit better than he did on Sunday. Um, he did make some good throws, and some reads that you sat there and you said, okay, there you go, you worked through your progressions, you found the right target. But obviously three interceptions, and those weren't, you know, those interceptions were his fault, yeah. too, when you watch the game. Um, it's just the inconsistency that you see a guy early on in year two um, could be a, a factor of that, and again, someone who is going to need time to season. But uh, it, it is worrisome uh, to see that at this point for Dwayne. But you know, we'll see moving forward. I still have hope that he'll uh, turn out to be the future for Washington.
1: Well, it is interesting that uh, for the longest time, uh, the Big Ten didn't put a quarterback into the first round of the NFL draft, going all the way back to Kerry Collins in nineteen. 19- 94, Uh, Dwayne Haskins broke that streak. Uh, Drew Brees was a second-round pick. Russell Wilson was a third-round pick. It's not like the Big Ten doesn't have starting quarterbacks. It just didn't have any in the first round. And here in the last two years, they have a Dwayne Haskins taken uh, 15th overall. They had Joe Burrow, who I'm, I'm going to count Joe Burrow at least has some Big Ten background. You know, at Ohio State is a number one pick overall, and certainly next year we expect Justin Fields to be a number one pick. So Ohio State will have a claim to three starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, and that's kind of the Ryan Dayization uh, of the Ohio State offense. I mean, he's recruited well at the quarterback position, and he's got two freshmen now. Jack Miller and C.J. Stroud, who are competing to be the backup quarterback behind uh, Justin Fields. And that's important. You know, in the past, we'd say, well, it's important you're the backup quarterback. You're one snap away. Now you're not just one snap away, Andy. As you well know, having had your roommates test positive for COVID-19, and you're a strapping healthy male, you got (laughs) sidelined even though you weren't tested positive yourself. Backup quarterbacks more important now because you're not just one play away. You're one bad swab up the nose away from being put on the shelf for three
2: weeks. Absolutely. Uh, I'll be interested to see if either of those freshmen can claim the backup quarterback spot. Ohio State has a redshirt senior Gunner Hoke on the roster. Um, and it would really be a statement if one of them could claim it over him. Honestly, it just mm-hmm. it, that would just speak well to the future. Uh, for Ohio State fans. And there is another five-star currently committed to Ohio State for the class of 2021 who will be one to watch. Kyle McCord, I actually did a film review on him uh, for one of my the other uh, affiliates I work for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he stood out to me. But, I mean, being a five-star, he's going to. Sure. Uh, it, it would just speak well to the future of the program and to um, – but you don't want a freshman – like. To segue, you don't want a freshman coming into, um, you know, ju- a situation where Justin Fields tests positive in the middle of the week when you're about to play Penn State on the road, and then you just have a freshman thrust into that situation. That could be a season turning event for Ohio State because, regardless of if they win the backup job or not, they're still freshmen, and you really need time. Uh, when you're t- taking on a defense like in state to learn the offense and to learn how to check in and out of pressures and to um, make those reads so uh that that would be an interesting development if uh, something happened uh Justin Fields tested positive and now a freshman is put in the spotlight like that if they uh if they were to win the job over Gunnar Hoke
1: it would be for sure now we've come to that part of the A few good men on the Big Ten podcast, uh, where we unburden ourselves of whatever it is that we see that we like or don't like. Uh, We, as the A few good men on the Big Ten podcast, know only one thing to call this segment, and it is... You can't handle the truth! There we go. So, Andy Anders, what is your you can't handle the truth
2: moment today? Mine is, actually on the recruiting side of things, the NCAA dead period has been in place since the start of this uh, pandemic, since March. Uh, From March, they've kept extending it with, you know, the uncertainty of college football. It made sense that people were still figuring out the COVID-19 pandemic. And for those that don't know, a recruiting dead period means coaches can't have any face-to-face contact. That's right. You can't meet them anywhere. They can't visit campus and see you. They could. I guess, come to campus on their own dime and just check it out. But they couldn't make any contact with coaches when they do that um, face-to-face at least. So there's no face-to-face contact at the recruits high school. The coaches can't go to them. There's, there's no face-to-face contact. Um, and this has been extended because of COVID-19. But now again, as we've learned more as this situation has unraveled with it mm-hmm. as coaches, at least in the big 10 will be, t- and players will be tested three times a week for the virus. And in other places, they will be test. There's testing and protocols in place. And you could have recruits socially distanced and wearing masks on those things. So yeah. it is time for the dead period to end uh, recruits in the 2021 class have to figure out, where they're going to spend the next three to four years of their life. They have to three to five years. They have to figure out what is best for the future for them and their families. And to do that, you need to take visits and you need to grow a certain comfort with a place. And because this dead period has been a thing since March, they haven't had the chance to take their official visits and to figure out the schools they want to go to. And the early signing period because this dead period has now been extended through December 31st, the early signing period is during the dead period.
1: Right yeah, now, that makes no sense.
2: Which is just ridiculous. Yeah. How is the recruit supposed to know where he wants to go if he hasn't gotten the chance to explore his options fully? Um, so it is time for the dead period to end, and there's a movement on Twitter for it too, um, similar to the We Want to Play movement. A lot of recruits tweeting and saying, hey, it's time. Wear a mask, socially distance when you're on the visit. I don't think that would be a hard protocol to have in place. And coaches and players are already getting tested as well. You know, and you could, you could even ask the recruits to get a test. I don't don't know. Sure.
1: And you you don't have, I mean, you can make amends. You don't have to have the uh, incoming recruits around current players. If you're nervous about an incoming recruit, bringing something in and giving it to Justin Fields or giving it to Joe Milton or Adrian Martinez one of your headline players I get that yes but if I'm if I'm the parent of a recruit or if I'm a recruit I want to see the campus uh, I want to see it uh, I want to observe the culture and uh, and again it's just a cool thing if you're a recruit to get a visit. You ought All to be right. able to get a visit. You ought to be able to look around. So I'm with you on that 100%. Uh, I think they definitely need to either end that or amend that or make some special reservations there so that they can uh, give recruits a fair chance at seeing uh, what they're signing up for because it's a momentous decision and probably to that point in their life, their biggest decision. You can't handle the truth. All right, now I know I'm an unlikely source for this, but Andy, but I'm actually going to say something here after months of denigrating the Big Ten for its um, stupidity and inaction and lack of leadership on Big Ten football. I'm actually going to laud the Big Ten Conference for an an innovation that I think would be a great thing to continue year after year after year and expand to every conference. Yes, I'm making the the contention, albeit Quite by accident on the Big Ten's part, I will admit, that they've come up with something brilliant. And that is their final week during championship week where the Big Ten East champ and the Big Ten West champ will be playing in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Conference Championship. They're having like a – all the other teams in the league are playing the corresponding team in the other division – what are they calling that, like championship week challenge or something? They can come up with a name, although it's always dicey trusting the Big Ten on a name because they are the ones who came up with legends and leaders for their divisions. Uh, Say again, Andy? Big what?
2: Ten Champions Week.
1: Big Ten Champions Week. Big Ten Champions I love this idea. Uh, I, yes, it's a And great. I think they ought to do it every year. And I think it would, in some years, Andy, help the league – maybe get another team in the playoff. Because imagine the year where Ohio State had gotten drilled by Iowa and they were a two-loss team and they were being compared to, you know, one-loss teams around the nation. Imagine if Ohio State had been able to play an additional game against – that was the year Penn State went to the conference title game. Imagine if Ohio State had been able to play another team from the Big Ten West and play an additional game and – Make a case for getting into the playoff in that particular game, uh, right. because that that team, your let's say your third best team or your second best team in the division, would now be playing on a day where whoever the contender is from another league, say it's Oklahoma in the Big Twelve, Oklahoma's playing in the Big Twelve title game. Well, if you're sitting at home, you can't make a case to counteract the case that another conference's team is making playing in a title game. Plus, it just be fun, the spontaneity of it. Like, you wouldn't know who you were playing until that particular final week. Now, I know they're probably not going to give everybody a automatic, um, you know, a week off. They're not going to give everybody an automatic extra game on the schedule. So, I would say if you have to cut the league schedule by one game. You cut the league schedule by one game. I'd actually rather see them cut the non-conference schedule by a game, but I understand why they won't cut the non-conference schedule by a game because typically that is a home game, and that's a big gate for the home team. Uh, If you ended up playing that game on the road during championship week, then you wouldn't get that home game, and everybody has to have seven home games or eight home games. So I understand why they wouldn't do that, but I typically I like the Big Ten playing nine Regular season games, but if the SEC is not going to go to a nine uh, nine game regular uh, nine game league season, then there's no reason for the Big Ten to stay at a nine game league season. Go back to eight, and then play that ninth game during championship week. Am I wrong? Did they accidentally stumble on something brilliant by accident?
2: I I think I think I agree with you fully. I would love to see that here. I'm not sure you have to cut out an extra game. I mean, teams are teams want to make the Big Ten title anyway. You could just have every team play that 13th game. I don't think there's anything stopping you. Um, with the non-conference thing, another reason I'll say they don't cut, they wouldn't cut another non-conference game is because a lot of the small schools that are kind of regional schools, like Ohio State plays, I, I know it's like, a bad thing for Ohio state strength of schedule when they play like Miami of Ohio or Buffalo or somebody, but those schools make huge revenues off of those games uh, playing Ohio state mm-hmm. or someone else. So that's a big reason why I think you should keep the third non-conference game, uh, help out some of those smaller group of five schools. Um, but yeah, I would love to see this every year. And I, I think you could just play a 13th game with every team Um, And put it right at the end, and you know. Then also, we'll know who the worst team in the Big Ten is. Yes, we will. I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
1: Yeah. Um, Now, the downside to it is, I suppose, if you're six and six after the regular season, you don't want to risk getting to going to six and seven and not being eligible for a bowl. But I hate making a bowl at six and six. If you can't get to seven and six, you don't deserve a bowl bid. So I uh, think the downside is far far less than the upside. So I would be all about that.
2: Yes, absolutely. And we've seen and, and I don't know if it would fully we've seen five and seven teams in bowl games because there's so many in recent years too.
1: And we're going to see it this year there's no everybody's bowl eligible at this point Andy, even if you're Everybody. winless, you're bowl eligible.
2: <laughs> what a year. Uh, huh? are we to see a, a 3 and 5 Big 10 team in a bowl. What a year. Yes. Michigan <laughs> State,
1: there's hope for you in year 1. <laughs> Of the uh, Mel Tucker regime. Well, Andy, that'll just about do it for us. Unless you have something else that you'd like to add.
2: No, Keep stay safe, everyone. Don't, yes. get, uh, don't get contact traced.
1: No, don't get contact traced. Andy knows what a jackpot that can be. Uh, we do want to thank you again for joining us here on the Landry Football. Uh, Twitch channel, thank you very much for that. Go to LandryFootball.com, your source for everything football-related. Our friends in defense of the Big 12, I don't know what kind of defense they can make. I may log in there, Andy, and and ask them about how much defense is there in the Big 12 when Texas and Texas Tech play 63-56, to 56, and when Oklahoma can't protect a lead, gives up a 24-point rally in 10 minutes. But they're coming up top of the hour. Uh, we've got uh, fantasy football. We have film breakdown. We have anything and everything you want, high school recruiting, coach schemes, players, teams, all at LandryFootball.com. So get that on your podcast. Uh, Make sure you make us your home for all the football podcasts that give you the best information. And watch us on uh, the Chris Landry Football Channel on Twitch. Everybody have a great day. Andy and I will look forward to seeing you again next Monday. Uh, We're still a few weeks away from going twice a week. Big Ten's still a month away from playing football. But, Andy, uh, presumably we will get there. Presumably uh, we'll all get there safely, and we look forward to that Ohio State season opener on October the 24th against Nebraska. Everybody have a great week.
2: Yep.